would you mind standing in just reverence to the Lord Jesus Christ? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. There goes our children's ministry. Hallelujah. Miss Mary, Miss Gail, God bless you ladies for ministering to these precious young people today. I want you to focus your attention to St. Luke chapter 15 up on the screens. St. Luke chapter 15. Today I'd like to begin a new series, divert a little bit from our alphabet series we've been preaching. And uh, I'd like to preach something that came upon my heart a couple weeks ago, Musto obey the Lord. St. Luke chapter 15 and verses 11 through 17. And Jesus said, a certain man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. And there he wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would have desired to be filled in his belly with the husks that the swine did eat. And no man gave unto him, verse 17. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father have bread enough and to spare and I perish with hunger. Stretch your hand this way, Father. Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus, we join together, Father, in a word of prayer. Lord, not out of ritual or routine, but out of respect and out of confidence, knowing that when we call upon your name, the name of Jesus, you will hear from heaven and you will send blessing into the land. So, Father, today we gather around the word of the living God, the bread of life, the manna that is still falling, thank God, in these days. We pray, give us ears that can hear what the Spirit would say to our hearts and give us a temperament and a desire and a innermost being where we draw in the word of the living God and give us the wisdom how to take revelation knowledge and apply it into our everyday life. We ask it in Jesus' name and everyone said amen. God bless you as you're seated. Today I'd like to begin a series that we are, we have entitled Bottom Feeder. Bottom Feeder. I was slightly reluctant to preach this because of our crab feast. Oh, Lord Jesus. <laughs> but don't let that mess you up. I'm teasing with you. I'm not talking about physically. I'm talking about emotionally and spiritually. Emotionally and spiritually. As you may or may not know, in the chapter 
of St. Luke chapter 15. Luke, inspired by the Holy Spirit, talks about three lost things. He talks about the lost sheep, the lost coin, and then our text, the lost son. But today, I want to take that a step further, if I might use those terms. And I want to talk about a lower level of living. In other words, if you read this, the message that the Lord was sharing in chapter 15, notice that the lost coin, where it was, it was under, sitting on the ground, low living. And notice where the lost son came to himself, in the pig pen. And so I've titled the first uh, edition of my message, Bottom Feeder, A Pig's Life. A Pig's Life. And again, I don't mean to mess up your pork chop. I love pork chops, okay? If you don't, that's okay. It's all right. So I want to talk about the life of a pig and see what we can draw, spiritually speaking, as it were. By the way, and Brother Rick, you didn't know this. Sorry to interject this. On the 22nd of September, we have been asked by the mother congregation, if you will, at White Marsh to all come over to the White Marsh campus at 10 o'clock on that Sunday. Uh, we hadn't even gotten that word out today. We were going to get that word out. So we are bringing the Life Source campuses together that are in, in the states, and then, of course, many of them are abroad, and so they'll be viewing. But at 10 o'clock on the 22nd, we're all going over to the White Marsh campus. If you need more details, come see me. We can share that. All right, let's get back into this. A pig's life. Did you realize in the Bible, pigs were, were really viewed in three ways? In three ways. A pig was viewed in way number one, wallowing in the mud. Secondly, the pig, the swine, was viewed in that of eating slop. And lastly, in the Bible, pigs were viewed in terms of being inhabited by demons. That's biblically speaking. And that's one of the reasons why at the time in the Old Testament, uh, the Hebrews were uh, instructed not to eat pigs. Now, now in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul and Peter dealt with, now God has blessed all things. I know some people get hung up on that. We're not living under the law, ladies and gentlemen. Okay? Re we could read that more. Okay, but so 2 Peter chapter 2 Verse 22, speaking about wallowing in the mire, Peter says, if to those of us that have accepted Christ, if we begin to go back and live under the lifestyle of our old sins, Peter says, and I quote, but it has happened unto them according to the true proverb. The dog is turned to his own vomit again, and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. That ain't pretty, is it? Let us not go back 
the same way we came. All right? Let us go forward. I'm big on that one, ladies and gentlemen, especially in this day and age. By the way, in the month of October, just to let you know, we're going to be having an, a, a, what we're calling a forum. I'm gathering a group, a few young people and a few folks that are a little bit older, and we're going to talk about what we're seeing in our current times. And uh, that's coming up. Now, going to the second point about how pigs were viewed, Matthew chapter 8, verse 31, the Scripture says, So the devils besought him, saying, If you cast us out, allow us to go away into the herd of swine. So living a pig's life is not what we want to do. I said it this way. Oh, God, are you ready for this? Why should we live like pigs when God's called us to soar like eagles? Can somebody give the Lord a praise here? That's right. That's right. So let's talk about point number one. I call it the route or route, whichever way you say it, the route of ruin. The route of ruin. I'm noticing verses 12 and 13. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. Give me my inheritance early. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, took his journey into a far country, and there he wasted all of his inheritance on riotous party living. Number one, the New Living Translation says it this way. The younger son told his father, I want my share now instead of waiting until you die. And I thought about this, the pig's life, the bottom feeder, we'll get into that. I want my share now instead of waiting until you die to get my inheritance. I want it now. Ladies, is that not the heart's cry of the carnal flesh? I want it now. What's that commercial? I can't remember. I want my now or something. You remember that commercial? I want my money now. <laughs> it's my money and I want it now. <laughs> I, and, and so here's what I want to say in this the route of ruin thought. Impatience and short-sightedness have been the ruin of thousands of people, may I say, sometimes in the kingdom of God. Let me prove it to you. Impatient. You know, if we really think about it, most of the unwise decisions that we may have made in our life are due to either our impatience in waiting for God's best or our short-sightedness to see with revelation eyes that God has something far better for me. Impatience. By the way, you probably know, but for those of you new to the faith, never ask God for patience. Patience. 
Okay. Paul said in Romans, tribulation works patience. So if you're breathing air and living life, you're learning how to be patient. I want my money now because it's mine. It really, anything we have, honestly, and you know it, it's really not ours, is it? Easy come. Who owns the cattle on a thousand hill? If you're a steak eater, it's God's. Who owns the chickens in the barn? If you're an egg eater, it's God. Who owns the aluminum and the metal and the gold and the silver and the hay and the wheat? It belongs to God. Everything I've got in my life, hey, somebody help me, belongs to the Father above. Hallelujah. Somebody give the Lord a praise, would you? Woo, hallelujah. The son wanted everything the father had now rather than waiting for the father's wisdom for the future blessings. The expositor study Bibles speaking about the, regarding the fall of the son says this. I think it's interesting. Listen, quote. The son fell while he was yet in the father's house. He fell at the moment he desired the father's goods without the father's company. Did you get that? He fell when he desired what the father could provide without the father's fellowship. You know what? It ain't about things. It's about God's presence, isn't it? How many of you would rather know that God is with you than to be a wealthy millionaire in earthly goods? Ooh. It's the truth, isn't it? Joe, do you remember when you couldn't lay your head on your bed, on your pillow in peace? I remember. Brian, do you remember when you drank bud instead of washing the blood? We talked about it. That's my son-in-law. Pray for him. He can't get away with it. You know, back down in Florida, my wife here, I, this is just off the top. This costs nothing. I was meeting with one of the men, and he said, I really, I really admire your wife, but every time I talk to her, I feel like I'm talking to Mother Superior. <laughs> That's what he said. I said, brother, if you only knew her. No, I didn't say that. I'm teasing. I, I'm kidding her. She knows that. I want God to bless me in my mind, in my heart, in my soul, would I sound carnal if I want to say, yes, I want him to pay my bills and then some, but not at the expense of his presence? Oh, God, I want fellowship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and that's the foundation for living happy. Amen, somebody. Praise the name of the Lord. Do you recall an old revolutionary figure by the name of Patrick Henry? In his generation, he said, give me liberty or give me death. His next generation, someone said, said, give me liberty. But now in our generation, people say, give me. And every generation begins its downward spiral to degradation 
if we lose the Father's presence. And now it's just give me, give me, give me. And there's truth to that. Well, now, impatience and short-sightedness is the affliction of the prodigal son. I want it, and I want it now. Never having the vision to plan for the future. I just want to party now. Hey, you're talking to an ex-drunkard right here. You're, go tell everybody, my pastor was a drunkard. But thank God he ain't now. And I remember wasting my paycheck on Friday to get up on Saturday morning and pinch pennies to have a hamburger for lunch. Why? Impatience and didn't have the vision to see that God had greater things. By the way, I said it this way. Short-sightedness is the brother of impatience. Short-sightedness is not coming to the place where you know God has a will for your life. Back to the tithing issue. I remember getting coming into the church. Brian, since I'm talking to you so that you'll have a revolutionary religious experience this morning. Let me share this. I, we've talked about it. Him and I ca came from a similar background. And uh, I said, when I met Brian, yeah, I don't care for that guy. Then I looked in the mirror and said, I didn't care for that guy either. No, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I'm only kidding. Oh, God, help me not to be. No, I saw a lot of me in him. And that's true. But I see some of me in him and him in me now in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And so, short-sightedness is living our lives without really understanding that God has a will for your money. Come on now. Thank God you folks are faithful tithers. But I, some of you, I'm not sure if you got on the bandwagon yet. My word to you is a word of encouragement. Once you begin to catch the vision that God can bless 90% much better than my 100%. I learned it. I learned it the hard way. Isn't it the truth? Now, now just, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding you here. Not really. Would you be willing to tell me with an uplifted hand? And would you be honest? Remember, we're in church. Okay, I have found out since I have been a tither that my life has been greater and greatly blessed before than before. Can I see your hand? Are you folks lying to me? I'm going to go a step further. Have you missed it in the long haul? I know, some of like a... I don't know. There have been a couple. Hey, listen, we're patient right here. I don't know how much we've given in tithe. I don't really add it up. Why should I add it up? I let him add it up. I don't know how much you guys have given. How much have you all given in your tithes and your offerings and your alms when you just felt led to give beyond? Have you missed it? Or do you have a joy, joy, joy down in your heart knowing that you've been storing up eternal treasures in heaven? One day all those ties are going to be rubies on your head. And you're going to say, Lord, I didn't miss it, but you blessed me because I 
Saul, you had a purpose for my money. The first revelation of tithing is to have a revelation, it is not my money. You say, I worked for it only because he gave you the strength. One time I got strep throat, Lynn. Yeah, well, a couple times. One time, I, it hurt so bad I couldn't spit. That's sad, isn't it? I mean, and I'm like, it hurts so bad. I need somebody. I called upon the name that's above every name. I said, Vicky. It hurts. <laughs> and she said, oh, honey. So I remember, easy come, easy go, folks. The only reason I can stand on my feet and have strength to do so is because God is the strength of our lives. If you ever had it the other way, you'll know God is good. All right, let's move on. The route to ruin. Let's talk about, for a minute, bottom-level living. Bottom-level living. Again, I'm speaking spiritually. Verses uh, 14 through 16. And when he had spent all, there was a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. That means that for a while he was like, cool, I, hey, this is cool. I love partying. But party life runs its to its end. He began to be in want. And he went and he joined himself to one of the citizens that lived in that land of that country. And, and, and he gave him a job. I want you to go out into the field and I want you to feed my pigs. Swine. And he would fain have filled, or it became a desire, if I could just get, if I could just have something to eat like those pigs are eating, I'll, I'll be better. Now, I want you to think about this in terms of living life, the high life, like an eagle, or living the low life, like grunting pigs. Think about, I, I brought something to clarify my point. That doesn't look too bad. It sort of does look a little wilted, but it's not too bad. If I got hungry enough, I'd eat that. I would. I really would. <clears throat> and if you say, yuck, don't eat for seven days, you'd be surprised what you'll eat. <laughs> But now, if, if, I would, if I would give you that, hey, Ray, you want something after church to eat on? Oh, thank you, Pastor. I appreciate that. <laughs> Joe, don't that just make your mouth water? I'm slickering for a piece of husk right about now. There's two problems with this. It ain't got much meat on it, and secondly, who, already, who ate it already? That's what really bothers me. <laughs> I really. I mean, think of it just, for, I, I'm touching it. Ooh. I could touch it because I ate it. <laughs> I own it. <laughs> 
Now I'm thinking to myself here, the prodigal son, I used to eat filet mignon. How in the world did I get to this? I mean, when I wanted a good hamburger, I could go to Giant Supermarket. That's where we shop because it's right next door. It's just zip, zip, and we're gone. But now, and, and tell me something. How many believers in the house in Jesus Christ? Do you remember when God revealed to you the depth of your sin and what you had been eating spiritually, you were eating the leftovers that the enemy provided for you. And it wasn't good, but you were so lost, you were so low, you were in the pig pen wallowing in the muck in the mire, and that's what you were spiritually eating. And it wasn't a pretty picture. It wasn't a pretty picture. And I thought about this. What's Jesus saying about the, in this parable? A hundred things. But one of the things he's trying to tell me, do not go from the Father's house and his awesome banquet table and start going back out to the ways of the world. Just because you got money in your pocket today, son, it ain't going to last forever. You might come into a famine. Today you got plenty, but if you're not with the Father, you'll be in want. And before you know it, you'll be doing things you never thought you would do. Isn't it the truth? The night before I became a heroin addict, stuck a needle in my arm the next day. I told my mother, sitting on my bed, she was worried about my road of ruin. She, we were talking, and I happened to take my shoes and socks off, and an ounce of pot fell on the floor. But now they want to legalize it. But to those that have been delivered from it, please don't legalize it. You have no idea what you are doing to our society in your short-sightedness. Oh, sure, some will squawk and holler, I want it, I want it now. You ain't getting it in my house, God the Father would say, unless you want to walk the highway of ruin. And so... That night, I sat there and I told my mom, Mom, one thing I will never do, I will never put a needle in my arm. I will never get on hard drugs. It's funny how a drug addict can analyze the level of drugs. I smoke pot. That's not so bad. It all leads down the road of ruin. Come on, somebody, help me. And the next day, there I was. I spent five years in torment until God, by his mercy, before I knew there was a God, I came to myself, what am I doing? I told you before, when your drug addict friends start coming to you and say, I got to talk to you, you're really messing up. When your drug addict friends are concerned, you really have gone a far way down the road. Young men, young ladies especially those you've grown up in the church, please, it all looks like shiny gold and silver. 
Oh, everybody out there said, oh, man, what are you doing tonight after school? I'm on party. Yeah, look at them 20 and 30 years down the road, and you'll see the weight of their partying all over their life if they make it. Well, just kick it around. That's all right. Leave it alone. I got another one. <laughs> To those of you, oh God, Lord, the devil never shows you the end of his book, but God will show you the end of his book. Hallelujah. The devil's a liar, but God will show you the way to really enjoy what he blesses you with. He blesses you without heartache. Bottom level living. God has a higher level of living for his people. It's not based on what we may want when we want it, but it is based on God's will and purpose for our life. If we choose to do his will, help me church, we will receive the joys and the fulfillment of all that his blessings will bring into our lives. Why? Because his blessing adds no sorrow. Somebody give the Lord a praise, would you? Woo, thank you. I got tired of getting high without Jesus. That ain't a dream, it's a nightmare. Without him, it's a nightmare. I want to get high with Jesus. That's why in a couple weeks, my title of my message is, Let's Get High Together. Leftovers. I just want you to think about. He went from, the other night we had porterhouse steak. I'm on a quest for a good steak. My sister, Cheryl, you know I love you. She's vegetarian. I took a bite of that steak, and I said, that's why I'm not a vegetarian. That's just the way it is. I said, I'm just teasing. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Sort of. That was a good steak, my man. How in the world? I'm telling you what. I don't mean this in a physical sense, but in a spiritual. My goodness, church, we're eating the best steak in town, brother. Hallelujah. When you got Jesus in your life, glory to God. We're eating the best thing you can put in your Holy Ghost mouth. Hallelujah. My Lord, he make, he's so good, he makes my liver quiver. Woo. <laughs> he does. I'm serious. See, if I get silly, it's because of him. He just makes me silly. Silly with joy. Unspeakable and full of glory. Let me go on. Let's talk about low-level living. At about 6 o'clock, most every night, we take... Our dogs, to which I have two, to the field. So watch where you step. I'm 
No, I'm getting better about that. You know, I said, so we take our dogs to the field. And this is like Disneyland to my little dog, Chase. He's like, this is awesome. And he'll run, run, run. I said, I wish when you said, hey, you want a job? Oh, yes. Let's go run. Okay. I'm like, can we just eat a piece of watermelon and call it a night? <laughs> you know. Now I want you to think about living the low life. Now to Chase, this is awesome and fun, fun, fun. But to me, there is one slight drawback. When he gets done with it, I got to pick it up and put it back in the box. If you see this at 6.15, you would not want to hold this. It's slimy. It's slippery. It's frothy with fun. Can you say, yuck? I know. Who wants to shake my hand today? <laughs> Hi, how, no, it's all right. <laughs> I just want to remind you, and then we'll, we'll close off in a, in a minute. Just, I just got to stretch in my imagination about bottom, bottom level living. I thought not only when you do it the enemy's way, the flesh way, I want it now and I want it all now with no foresight, no patience, Number one, you give up filet mignon for a husk. That's bad enough. You not only give that up, you start eating. I don't mean to get too gross here, but do you know what's on this? I'm sorry, I'm just helping us. It's somebody else's spit. Don't that make you hungry? Do you know, hey, John, do you know what's on that ball? It don't look bad today. It's somebody else's spit. Now, I'm just thinking about what Jesus is telling, what he's trying to tell the crowd that he's preaching to. When you live your life for the things of your flesh and the help of the devil, all you're doing is you're licking somebody else's spit. This is a weird sermon, isn't it? Who wants to have corn on the cob for lunch today? Give me a yeah. Can I have a C? O R N. Where's Danielle? We'll never think about corn the same after this, Danielle. We love corn. Vicky says, What do you want for to eat tonight? I said, Corn. What do you want to eat tonight? Can we have some corn? Corn, 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 corn. So last night we ate green beans. And I just thought about that. Bottom level living. How many of you ha can relate to living on the bottom like a bottom feeder? Any, everything you had is either what your flesh wanted or what the devil tried to provide. But one day, as the Bible said, when he came to himself, he said, my God, I want a good piece of steak today. That's Christianity. It's the best God's got to offer. Let me, let me move on. 
talk about the way back home. Way back home. Verses 17 through 19. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father. And I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. And I'm no more worthy to be called your son. Are you looking for another servant? Here I am. And I said it this way. Humility is a beautiful thing. Humility is a beautiful thing. He said to himself, he said, I've seen a lot of people in the kingdom of God. I've seen a lot of people in life. They're waiting for God to do something. I'm waiting for God to... I don't mean to minimize, but I think he did something. I think he did something. Acts chapter 2. I think he did something. And there came a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. I understand waiting on the Lord. That's a sermon in itself. Pardon me for personal application, but from a drug addict who is, thank God, not a drug addict now, from an alcoholic who is not an alcoholic now, I think I might have a few friends in this place, by the way. What was it that set us free? I sat for three years, Lynn Pross, across the desk of a trained, licensed degree counselor who didn't know how to take my desire out of my heart. But I know somebody that knows how to reach into the pig pen and pull your wants and your twists and your brokenness out of your heart until one day you say, I don't want to live on the pig pen hus anymore. I want God to change my life. He had to make that decision, not God. He said, he said, he said, I remember when I said, how about you? Glenn, do you remember when you said, I'm tired of living this way? Mama don't say it. Daddy don't say it. You say it. I'm tired of living this way. You say, but I need a counselor. You've got a counselor, brother. I need a deliverer. You've got a deliverer. But you got to say it. 
you got to say, I'm tired of living this way. My God, somebody give God praise, would you? Tired of that? I dare not. I had it. I don't want it anymore. How about licking that ball? John, would you help me, bro? Woo-wee. I don't want it. This is for Chase and Chase alone. Even Cooper don't want it. We throw it for Cooper, he just looks at us. That's all right. I can't even pay Cooper to chase Chase's ball. Let me end on this. Humility is a beautiful thing. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Proverbs 16, 18. When pride comes, then shame comes. But with the lowly is wisdom. Are you able to take what you know now and start applying it? That's wisdom. Proverbs 13, 10. Only by pride comes contention. But with the well-advised is wisdom. Let me give it to you in the New Living. This is for every married couple right here. Ready? Pride leads to arguments. Those who take advice are wise. You ever got in an argument? We've only had, what, two, three, I think. This week, she said, I, we finally, hey, we're, we're living, ladies, brethren, we're living on a higher plane of life. I said to Vicki, I did. I said, Vicki, honey, you know what I love about our relationship? She looked at me. I said, we can holler at each other, and a little bit later, we're all good. We're good to go. We have ascended. After a while, I'm like, I don't want no, I don't want another woman. One's good for me. She's like, I don't want a handsomer man, because you can't get better. I mean, seriously. <laughs> that, that's a little personal interpretation right there. I'm going to love the one you're with. Love the one you're with. I said, but you know what? Pride leads to arguments. I, we had our arguments, Ray, back in the day. See, now we're on another level. And back in the day, we'd have our arguments, and I'm like, oh, she made me so mad. I am not going to say I'm sorry. I'm waiting for her. Her patience always lives out, lives mine. I'm like, yeah, but she did it. You know, so I'm like, people get in church like that. But you know what, why that is? Pride. The sooner you say, look, like God said, come now, let us reason together. Let's work this thing out.
I, I gotta I gotta end I gotta end with this. Let me get let me end with this. I want I want to end with this thought, verses 20 and 21. And he arose, came to his father, and when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Verse 21. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned, that's humility, against heaven and in your sight, and I'm no more worthy to be called your son. You know what I love about it? If you keep reading on, the father just, he don't even address it. Well, you, you, you know what? Now, we're really good. You know, I shouldn't have said I know you shouldn't have said it. Every time you, you know, we just ream them out, brother. And sometimes maybe we have to talk it out, okay? But the thing I love, Perry, the father, the son's like, oh, God, my father, please forgive me. I've sinned in the pig pen. Father don't even, he said, just bring the robe, the ring, and the shoes. He don't even address it. Why? He didn't have to address it because he addressed it. God don't address everything. We got to address it. God didn't fall. Somebody said, I found Jesus. No, you didn't. He found you. He wasn't lost. You were. And so I'll end with this. I said there are three revelations at this point. Three revelations. Standing, walking, and running. Two of them, the son had to address. You have to get up out of that pig pen. You have to walk out. Somebody said if you take one step toward God, he'll take two to you. Three things here quickly. Number one, this is the first, you know this, this is the first and only time in the Bible where you read of the Father God running. Running. It's amazing. The moment you say, Father, I have sinned, and I'm tired of eating the leftovers of life. Immediately, Father starts running. But now here's Revelation 2, and it's a big one. Get this. For the Father to reach the Son, the Father never went into the pig pen to get him. Well, if he takes this away from me, then I'll be delivered. He took it away. He, he gave you the power. Well, if God tells me not to do something, I won't do it. He's told us something. Let's not be dummies. God gave us a bigger IQ than that. Oh, what? That's wrong? Come on now. Wake up and smell the coffee or keep eating husk. And the last thing I noticed... God will always give us supernatural power if we're really willing to stand up and to walk out. People say all the time, well, I know he delivered you. I know he delivered you. I know he set you free. But 
it, it just don't happen for me. You know why? Because you have not made up your mind to quit eating the leftovers of life. You got to go around one more time and lick the spit of another animal before you get up and you say, today I am done with this. And God will give you the power to get back to the Father's house. Can you stand to your feet, church? You preach it, sister. You preach it. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I know I'm preaching to so many that already believe this message. But I think we're living in a time John, Miss Sharon, I think we're living in a time. Chuck Burns, where are you, Sharon? Mom, Dad, we're living in a time when I'm tired of seeing church people go back to the pig pen. I'm tired of watching alcoholics be set free. Oh, God. Bob, pray for me right now. I'm tired of seeing people that were drunkards and drinkers and smokers and all of that stuff go a pot, go back. Oh, but now, you don't know. Now the people on the worship team do it. And now after church, we're just going to go out to the local watering hole. Hey, you're going back to the pig pen. Wake up and smell the coffee. You don't need your pastor to tell you this is wrong, that is wrong. The Holy Ghost will bring you back to your senses. And if you keep shunning him, you'll keep licking the spit of an animal called a pig. But I'd rather quit living like a pig and start soaring like an eagle. How about you, somebody? Somebody give the Lord a praise, would you?